98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The chief executive says her policy address tomorrow will focus on housing and economic development. Macau orders its civil servants to stay at home until Friday as the SAR undergoes another round of mass COVID testing. And Facebook, along with WhatsApp and Instagram, are back online after a six-hour outage. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says it will take her more than two hours to deliver her fifth and final policy address of her term tomorrow, with the emphasis being on housing and economic development. Speaking to reporters ahead of the weekly executive council meeting, Mrs Lam showed off the booklet for this year's address. She said it was time for the SAR to look ahead. This year's policy address will focus on the future, which includes economic development and integration into the country's development plan. Both are important matters, but I also fully understand the main issues that people want solved are housing and land supply. During the consultation sections, many people told me it's time to do some work because we now have a stable environment that is no longer politicized and anti-government and anti-China. And we should therefore map out the future for Hong Kong. Separately, Mrs Lam said the government was considering how district councils would function in future following the disqualification of over a dozen members and the earlier mass resignation of others. She said officials would look into the matter once members had finished their oath-taking. She was asked whether the government would take away the council's power to allocate funds, a possible move that has been reported in the press. I'm not in a position to tell you now what will happen, except to I made it very clear that district councils by themselves, they do not possess power to make decisions, to employ staff or to uh, allocate money. Out of respect and recognition of the representativeness of these uh, members, we have allowed them to have a say on the use of the public money, which is controlled by the director of home affairs. So it does not constitute any taking away of power. The constitutional status of district councils is that they are advisory bodies. Mrs Lam also said the government would do its best to meet any requirements set by the mainland to ensure quarantine-free travel across the border. While she acknowledged that international travel was also important to Hong Kong, she said travelling to the mainland was even more important and therefore a priority. The Macau government has told its civil servants to stay at home until Friday after it reported three cases of COVID-19 yesterday and one today. The latest cases involve a 42-year-old woman. She was a close contact of two renovation workers who were confirmed as having the disease yesterday. In response, Macau launched another mass COVID testing exercise last night. As of 9am this morning, about 140,000 people out of the entire population of some 650,000 had been tested. The founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, has apologised to billions of people worldwide who were unable to access social media platforms owned by its company. Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram were out of action for about six hours, but are now back online. Facebook said configuration changes on the routers need that coordinate network traffic between its data centres were to blame. President Biden has called his opponents in Congress reckless and dangerous for refusing to join Democrats in raising the U.S. debt limit. He said defaulting on the debt would lead to a self-inflicted wound. Mr. Biden criticized Senate Republicans who twice blocked action to raise the debt ceiling. Not only are Republicans refusing to do their job, they're threatening to reuse the power, their power, to prevent us from doing our job, saving the economy from a catastrophic event. 
I think, quite frankly, is hypocritical, dangerous, and disgraceful. Their obstruction and irresponsibility knows absolutely no bounds, especially as we're clawing our way out of this pandemic. At a White House press briefing, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, said the Republicans could resolve the situation very easily. The cleanest, easiest, fastest way to get this done is by the Republicans allowing Democrats to move forward with a vote. They can do that tomorrow and we can reduce the uncertainty for the American people. The U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai has accused China of failing to uphold all of its commitments under a trade deal reach with the U.S. known as Phase One. In a speech delivered in Washington, Ms. Tai said the world's two largest economies would soon engage in direct trade talks. This bilateral relationship is complex and competitive. President Biden welcomes that competition to support American workers, grow our economy and create jobs at home. He believes we need to manage the competition responsibly and ensure that it is fair. Mark Michelson, the chairman of the Asia CEO Forum, was on a conference call with Ms. Tai yesterday. He was speaking on RTHK's Money Talk program. Yeah, she spoke with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and this was supposedly a, a, a policy statement, but it wasn't very clear exactly what the direction is, other than going to talk about phase one and the and the uh, failure to to reach the goals of phase one in many cases without spelling out exactly what those areas were uh, also to talk about uh, revising the exclusion process in which they might might ease some of the tariffs that are in place now but with the out suggesting again what the criteria were and how is that going to go forward and cooperating with allies well, making it clear that the U.S. wasn't going to go back or even consider the CPTPP, for example, mm-hmm. or, or, or other agreements. And the status of WTO also is unclear, uh, a, a show of support for the WTO, but then saying things have changed over the past few years, both in relation to the WTO and CPTPP, and therefore some changes had to be made in approach without, again, indicating what exactly those were or even suggesting what they might be. Dominique Perrottet is the new Premier of the Australian state of New South Wales after winning a secret ballot against Rob Stokes, the planning minister. The election followed the resignation last week of Gladys Berejiklian after the state corruption watchdog announced further hearings into a probe. She denies any wrongdoing. Here's Mr Perrottet. Well, thank you to say uh, very briefly, it's been an honour and absolute privilege to be elected as the parliamentary leader of, of the Liberal Party, Premier of New South Wales, alongside my deputy leader, Stuart Ayres. I really appreciate the trust that my colleagues have put in me. Mr Stokes gave Mr Perrottet his full backing. The party room had a democratic vote. I always said that I'd give people a choice that they have chosen emphatically. Democracy is the winner today. Don Perrottet will be a magnificent Premier. The state has recently seen widespread lockdowns as it battles against the Delta variant of COVID-19. Scientists say they have successfully treated a patient with severe depression by using what they called a pacemaker for the brain. The researchers in California say they surgically planted the device, which tapped into the brain circuit, involved in depressive patterns to reset it. Catherine Skangos, an assistant professor of psychiatry who worked with a patient known as Sarah, told the BBC more. We found one location, which is an area called the ventral striatum, where stimulation consistently eliminated her feelings of depression. And we also found a brain 
activity area in the amygdala that could predict when her symptoms were most severe. Peru's jailed former president Alberto Fujimori is expected to undergo heart surgery, with his daughter describing his state of health as delicate. The 83-year-old was transferred from prison to a clinic after suffering medical problems. He's serving 25 years for human rights abuses. The United Nations Children's Organization, UNICEF, has warned that children's mental health could be affected for years to come because of the coronavirus pandemic. UNICEF called for urgent investment in mental health services. The BBC's Imogen Folks reports. UNICEF estimates that one in seven 10 to 19-year-olds is living with a mental health condition, from anxiety to depression to eating disorders. In a survey of 21 countries carried out by UNICEF and Gallup, 20% of 15 to 24-year-olds said they often felt depressed or had little interest in doing things. Mental health disorders among young people were a concern before the pandemic. COVID-19 has amplified the problem. Conservationists have handed over petitions signed by nearly one and a half million people calling for huge new marine reserves to be set up in the southern ocean surrounding Antarctica. With more, here's the BBC's Danny Eberhard. 30 years ago, in Madrid, an international agreement was signed to protect Antarctica's entire landmass from exploitation. Conservationists hailed it as an example of truly multilateral good governance. But up to now, few of the rich seas off the continent have been granted similar protection. Petitioners now want another 4 million square kilometres protected. But such decisions are made by consensus by an international commission, and Russia and China oppose the move, concerned among other things about fishing rights. Another mainland home builder has hit financial trouble after missing debt payments. Altis Wong has more. In a statement, Shenzhen-based Fantasia Holdings said it had failed to repay a 205.7 million US dollar note yesterday. The announcement came as property management firm Country Garden Services Holdings said a unit of Fantasia had missed repayment on its 700 million yuan loan, saying it was likely Fantasia would default. The missed payments asked worries about the mainland's property sector, as embattled giant China Evergrande teeters on the brink of collapse. Evergrande, the most indebted of the country's private home builders, has more than 300 billion US dollars in liabilities and is heading towards a massive restructuring. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,084. That's 55 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $60 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.14 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 57 cents. To sport and Leicester City's title-winning manager Claudio Ranieri is returning to the English Premier League. The Italian has been named the new manager of Watford following the sacking of Cisco Munoz on Sunday. After leading Leicester to Premier League success in 2016, Ranieri had short spells with Nantes, Fulham and Roma before joining Sampdoria, whom he left at the end of last season. The Italian football expert James Horncastle explains what kind of manager Watford will be getting. Well, I think if you were to leave all the history uh, Ranieri has made aside and, and judge him uh, on his last two jobs alone, it would appeal to Watford um, because, you know, Roma, his hometown club, he went back in an hour of need when they had uh, just been knocked out of the Champions League. Sporting director left. They were at civil war with uh, 
the director Francesco Totti, obviously legend of the club, mm. De Rossi, the captain, was also not having his contract renewed. And he stabilized things, nine games unbeaten at the end of the season, five clean sheets, uh, and was thanked by the crowd. Sampdoria is much more comparable um, to what he walks in to at Vicarage Road with Watford in that Samp. We're down in the bottom three uh, in Serie A when he came in, uh, seemingly without a prayer. Um, and he not only kept them up with games to spare the next season, he took them into the top half of the table. And I think that's exactly, well, that would be actually exceeding the expectations of Watford fans. The wonder strike by Liverpool's Mohamed Salah in Sunday's game against Manchester City has been described as one of the best goals of the Premier League era by the former England striker Alan Shearer. Salah picked up his ninth goal of the season in that two-all draw at Anfield, but the Egyptian star, along with a number of Liverpool players, will be absent in January as they compete in the Africa Cup of Nations. Liverpool fan and podcaster Neil Atkinson says he's not worried about the impact of the Africa Cup. We only lose them for two league games unless they get to the final. Uh, if they get to the final, he still can theoretically play against Leicester, but it's only two league games, and those league games are against Crystal Palace and Brentford. Crystal Palace will also lose a number of players to the AFCON as well. I think this idea that some sort of spectre in January we've all got to be terrified of, I'm not really having that, to mm. be honest with you. The former England bowler Monty Panesar says England should skip next year's Ashes tour in Australia if they can't field a strong side. The England and Wales Cricket Board will meet later this week to decide whether the tour can go ahead. England's players have been given a presentation on the Covid conditions that they'll face in Australia. Panesar says fans are only interested in quality cricket. If there isn't a strong enough squad you know, going to Australia, I think they should cancel the Ashes and play it next year. The last thing you want is to have a weak team going to Australia and just ends up, you know, not being the quality that everybody, all the cricket fans around the world want to see. The Australia captain Tim Payne insists the Ashes will go ahead, even if the England skipper Joe Root decides not to travel. Well, the Ashes are going ahead. The first test on December 8, and whether Joe's here or not, to be honest with you, so... Um... They all want to come, there's no doubt about that, and they're trying to get themselves the best possible conditions that they can get. But at the end of the day, we all are, and we don't want to give them poor conditions because we're going to be in the same, same boat as them. And now to the weather. Mainly fine, hot and dry this afternoon. Moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The temperature is 32 degrees and the relative humidity at 61%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive says her policy address tomorrow will focus on housing and economic development. Macau orders its civil servants to stay at home until Friday as the SAR undergoes another round of mass COVID testing. And Facebook, along with WhatsApp and Instagram, are back online after a six-hour outage. The news from our THK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 5th of October, is today's date. And a big thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. Since it's Tuesday, you know it. We're going to be catching up with Tuesday reporter Andrew Dambina for a bit of uh, Tuesday news. And we'll be hearing about some global and local food news updates. And of course, we love hearing from you as well. Feel free to join us. You can join the conversation. One, two, three show at RTHK.